Thank you for tuning in to Far Better, where we look to be pleasing to God in this life so that our eternity is far better. I'm your host, Michael Clark, and as always in our show notes, we've got our social media links and other things that might be pertinent to this particular episode. I want us to continue our thoughts today about gossip, and I want us to look about what type of examples there are in the Bible that we can learn from. But first, I want us to talk about specific definitions of gossip that need to be defined and need to be on our minds and understood by each and every one of us. According to one particular author, there are eight different types of gossip. Did you know that? I didn't. I always thought it was as simple as, well, just don't gossip. But you see, there are other things that need to be understood, and I want to take the time to define each one of them. Number one, slander. It's defined as spreading rumors or lies about a person to cause damage purposely. Have you ever known somebody that does that? Now, let's take a, let's take a quick moment to make sure we define our terms properly here. I'm not talking about somebody spreading the truth when asked and questioned. There were times in the Bible where the truth was taught and the truth was told that wasn't always pleasant. I think of what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1. It's been declared by the house of Chloe that there are problems among you. That wasn't slander. That was the truth. There were these sinful problems going on in Corinth, and it needed to be addressed. And so the house of Chloe took matters into their own hands to contact Paul and let him know what was going on. They didn't slander. But we'll look at an example of slander in just a few moments. Let's go to the second definition, dishing. Dishing the dirt basically means sharing the quote-unquote juicy info you learned about someone. And maybe the intent isn't directly to cause damage, but by keeping that gossip alive, it continues to spread and taint the image of the person that it's spread about. Number three, rumors. You hear something, it's not good. It's also not confirmed as true. But you tell someone or ask someone else about it to get more info. The rumor mill turns and turns and the gossip spreads. Again, let me make sure to define our terms properly here. I am not talking about something that has a lot of meat to it. Sometimes we hear something and it's just a rumor. It's, subs- it's not substantial at all. Well, did you hear that so-and-so was at that, that place and did that thing with that person? Where did you hear that from? Well, I can't really confirm that it's true, but da 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 You can't have that mentality when you're asking about someone. But let me explain this. What if someone came to you and said, I know this isn't pleasant, but I was out and I was doing this, and I saw your friend or your husband or your wife or whoever, and they were with someone else and this was going on, and and I've got some knowledge about this that I want to ask you, can you fill any gaps for me that would help me understand this? Because it doesn't look good. That's not spreading a rumor. And if you were to ask a close friend of that other person, can can you help me fill in the gaps? That's not spreading a rumor. That's checking to make sure we're doing our due diligence and not jumping the gun at anything. Spreading a rumor is something you don't even have proof for. And you just go and spread it anyway. Let's talk about the next one, backbiting. It's a flavor of gossip that involves speaking spiteful or slanderous words about another 
who is not present and can't do anything for their own defense. It's secretive, and the Bible mentions it by name in Proverbs 25, 23. And I have known of people who are this way. When you are around, they are the nicest possible person to you. When you're not, oh boy, look out. They're going to make sure that they talk about you in any way, shape, or form that they can. And they're going to do everything that they can to bring out your faults. And you can't even be there to defend yourself. Let's move on to the next one. Not really joking jokes. Have you ever taken some part of truth and turned it into a joke about someone that makes others question their character? It also serves as a passive way to spread more gossip. Example, maybe they'll get off the couch today long enough to blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Isn't that a funny joke? I was just kidding. Were you really? Can you honestly say that you were? Sometimes people have suggested that there is a truth, even if it's a small truth, in every statement that we make. Perhaps that individual there is saying that they wish that person would get off the couch, but they hide it behind humor so that they can spread that form of gossip. What about planting seeds? The Bible tells us that we reap what we sow, and with that in mind, this type of gossip is said in such a way to make the listener question or assume something about a character of a particular person. For example, isn't it weird how he keeps staring at your girlfriend when you're not looking? Don't you think that's odd? I mean, you're not even paying attention, and yet, here he is. He's looking at your girlfriend. You know, sometimes this leads to the next form of gossip, which is whispered innuendo. These subtle insinuations that can mislead others into thinking wrong thoughts, especially if the conclusions are based on gossipy hunches. For instance, it's interesting how he was out of town the night that she was murdered, or that he was on a business trip, yet you saw him at so-and-so place. What about you got this all wrong gossip? That's the final form. You admit that you probably got it wrong, but you spread it anyway. Because it's still touching on some points that could be true. Or would sound exciting if it is true. Either way, it usually starts out like this. I probably got this all wrong, but apparently... Now again, let me define this term a little bit better too. Sometimes, I can honestly tell you, there have been moments where I'm sitting and talking with another preacher, particularly the man that I work with, and I'll say, did I hear correctly, or did I get it wrong? And I'll ask him something where he was also present. And he'll then tell me yes or no. A lot of the times, because my hearing isn't always the best, I guess, he'll say, I don't think that's what you heard, because it's not what I heard, or it's not how I took it. Oh, okay, no problem. We go on. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the individual that would go up to my coworker, let's say, and do the following. I probably have this all wrong, but apparently so-and-so doesn't love the Lord anymore because, well, you know what happened, right? No. Well, they went home today, and they said it was because they were sick, but I didn't see them get sick. Guys, that's not going to help anybody. These eight different forms of gossip are not helping anybody. 
They're hurting us more than they're helping us. But what about the Bible? The Bible has much to say about gossip, doesn't it? Take a moment and think about some examples that come to your own mind of gossip. Let's talk first about gossip in the Old Testament. I want us to first look at God. In Genesis 3, we remember that the devil is tempting Adam and Eve in this chapter. But Satan actually spreads a lie about God. These are people in the Old Testament that faced gossip, and God is one of the very first ones that ever faced it. Satan says to Adam and Eve, God doesn't really care about you. If he did, he wouldn't hold you back. He wouldn't sit there and tell you that you can't have this tree that's just going to make you wise and like God's knowing good and evil. Why would God do that except for the fact that he doesn't care enough about you and wants to hold you back? And that little itty bitty piece of gossip ended up causing so much heartache for countless people throughout the rest of this world's history up until now and even beyond now. As long as this world stands, there will be sin and there will be death. And it all started with some gossip about the Lord. Second example that came to my mind, at least, was Joseph. Joseph has already had a rough go of it when we reach Genesis 39. He has been sold into slavery by his brothers, and even after all of that, he still manages to make a life for himself. That is until Potiphar's wife gets involved. You see, she has this affection that she shouldn't have had for Joseph because it should have been for Potiphar. And Joseph, being this godly man, refuses her advances and even states that he can't do this because it was wicked, Genesis 36, 6-9. Genesis 39, 6-9, I should say. But she doesn't give up, and in verses 11-13, through 13, she gets to the point where she tries to force Joseph to be with her, and he flees. So what does she do? She cries out that Joseph tried to force himself upon her. This sadly results in him going to prison, all because of a false testimony. What about David? In 2 Samuel 15, verses 1 through 12, David's own son, Absalom, goes and stands out at the gate that leads into the city and waits for people to come by. And when they would arrive, he asks them, what do you need? And as they tell him, he gives the impression that the king doesn't care about them, verses 2 through 4. This resulted in people treating Absalom as a king, kissing his hand and bowing down to him. And he steals the hearts, 2 Samuel 15 and verse 6 of the people by doing this. This is basically what he would do. Oh, you want to do so and so? You want to have such and such done? Oh, if only there were a king in Israel that cared about your problem like I care about your problem. If only there were a man that loved you like I loved you. This should sicken us. And yet it still happens today. If only there were a Christian that had the affection for you that I have. If only there were a gospel preacher that cared for souls as much as I care for souls. But all the while, these individuals are just like Absalom. Stealing the hearts of men, 
making a play for the throne because what Absalom goes on to do is he asks the king, can I go to Hebron and pay the Lord a vow? And when he arrives in Hebron, he had the people instructed to cry out, Absalom reigns in Hebron. All because Absalom convinced people that the real king didn't truly care about the people. And he did. But that wasn't the case. And the funny thing is, if the people just went to check it out, they would have known that that wasn't true. But because they believed that gossip about David... It caused a lot of damage. What about in the New Testament? You think about maybe a person who faced gossip in the New Testament, and Jesus is one of them, probably one of the chief examples. But there was this gossip going around about who Jesus really was, and Jesus asks his disciples, what is the consensus on who I am? And in Matthew 16, 13 and following, his disciples begin to tell him that some have said that you're John the Baptist or Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And Jesus asks them, well, what do you think about who I am? And Peter replies in verse 16 that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus blesses Peter and informs him about that rock-solid truth, and it would become the foundation for the church. And yet everyone has an opinion on who they thought Jesus was, but it didn't make it right. And obviously the thought spread to at least the disciples of Christ. We've got to be careful when we have an opinion on something. We need facts. We need facts. John also is an individual who faced gossip about him. In John 21, 20 through 23, you have this moment where Jesus replies and says, If I want John to remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. But after Jesus says this, there was a rumor started that John would never die. Is that what Jesus said? Lotus verse 23. Jesus did not say that he wouldn't die, but if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? Why does that matter? You see, much like the situation with Mary and Martha, what we think and what is true is not always the same. Sometimes, as Mary and Martha thought, we may not have the right actual perspective of it. Well, Martha should be helped by Mary, right? No, Jesus said Mary's chosen the better part. Martha thought that Mary needed to be in there helping her, but the truth was Mary should have been accompanied by Martha, hearing the gospel, hearing the Lord. John had not stated that John, Jesus had not stated that John would never die. But boy, did that rumor take off. What about Paul? You know, after Saul became Paul, changing his name, he had a difficult time being trusted in the early stages of his Christianity, according to Acts 9, 19 through 25. People said about him while he was preaching Jesus on one occasion, isn't this the one who destroyed those who called on this name in Jerusalem and has come here for that purpose so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests? You're just out to get us. It got to be such a bad situation that his life was threatened and he had to be let down in a basket. But you and I know him as one of the most influential apostles. How is that possible? Somebody put a stop to those rumors. And in Acts 9, 26-31, Barnabas stands up for Paul and tells the people that they need to accept him and they begin to accept him. If it hadn't been for Barnabas, Paul never may have been accepted. Barnabas spoke what was right, 
not what his opinion of the matter was. Perhaps his opinion of the matter was that perhaps Paul was still an evil individual. But he chose the facts. Here's what Paul is doing. And that's what I'm going to go off of. What about you and me? Are we victims of gossip at times? Perhaps we are. That's a horrible thing to be a victim of. What if we're the examples of those who gossiped about those people? Are you and I guilty of doing some of the eight forms of gossip and not even realizing that we're doing them? Perhaps we are. If that's the case, we need to make a change. And we can. And if we do, our lives will be far better. I want to thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Far Better. In our next episode, the last of this particular week's study, we're going to ask the question whether or not we can stop gossip. So tune in. And we'll answer that question together. But until then, I hope you please God now so that your eternity is far better.